Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny. We're going to see if we can get Glenn McGordy back on the air. We're going to be talking about drought and all of that good stuff. And I also wanted to just mention that I know we've all been working hard uh, to take care of um, each other and with the vaccinations and all of that. But right now, folks, Mendocino County is in a precarious situations the numbers are up the deaths are going up i think we're up to 76 deaths from covid uh this is scary for me i think it's scary for our community um i need to just let you all know that we all need to still stay safe if you haven't got vaccinated i don't know why you haven't but please do it consider it talk to your friends your family stay safe because we're not out of this yet folks we're really really not out of this the numbers are still going up it's still spooky and let me see. Glenn, are you there? I'm here. Hey, good. Okay. I know sometimes you have an iffy uh, connection. <laughs> yes. Like, like me at the ranch. I'm on I'm on um I'm on a satellite dish and man, I gotta tell you, it's an iffy situation. So Glenn McGordy, first district supervisor. Thank you for coming on today. We arranged this a couple of weeks ago um, when I had after I had Ted Williams on. And since then there's been this terrible, just incredible fire that happened it's in your district um it was in capella they call it the capella they calling it the hopkins fire um you were there i know you worked a lot with that i know the county jumped on it um but we lost was it 30 building 30 houses and many outbuildings was that right it was 32 homes and another 31 outbuildings pretty bad pretty disastrous for the poor little town of capella yeah, and it just took up, and it, I, what just shocked me, and I, I can't even talk, I mean, it's just scary as that, the dry grasses in the lake bed of Mendocino went up, correct? Yes, yes, that. there's a, oh, a a spark went flying through the air and landed and set the lake on fire, if you can imagine that, that's how bad things are, so. That's just, it's just phenomenal. So um, they got it under control, but that is a pretty densely populated area, the Capella area. It went over the hill, got some, the 30 houses. Um, no injuries, correct? No deaths? Correct. Yeah, that's the, the best part is nobody got hurt. So we can always rebuild houses, but we can't rebuild people. So uh, I'm glad that the, uh, the response from from our uh, public safety folks was was phenomenal, uh, given the conditions, and they they were totally on it. I'm so glad that we have an air attack base here in Ukiah because they were flying four planes and two helicopters, and the outcome would have been much much worse if we hadn't had those resources available. Oh yeah, it was headed to Redwood Valley, wasn't it? I think over the high over uh, over twenty. No, it was, it was probably going more the other direction. Oh the really? Winds were out of the northwest, and it was headed towards. Uh, 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 Lake Mendocino Drive. Oh again, no! Again, another fairly densely populated area. Yes. So, um, it 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 was. It would have been bad if the guys hadn't got on it. They they were phenomenal. They had the thing out in three hours after it burned about two hundred fifty acres. Yeah, I mean, I will have to say, having those air tactic uh, planes available out of it's out of Ukiah now, right? Yes. At the airport. Mm-hmm. That really makes a difference. There was also another small fire up Low Gap Road yesterday that they jumped on real quick. And I think it was more of in a rural area where it was just, but these kind of things can take off so fast. I really yes. appreciate um, all of these, all of these uh, resources getting on it right away because, uh, folks, we're living in a tinderbox. We're just living in a tinderbox. Um, 
So one of the things I wanted to say or ask you about is you said you're there working on avenues for people for us in the outside of the community that would like to donate to help these people get back on their feet and get back surviving uh you said there's different avenues for people can do that do you know of those yet you know i'm not really completely clear what they are i know that the community foundation plays a role often uh they they're able to provide some emergency money the district attorney interestingly enough has a uh from a, a pot of money that he uses to assist people kind of for short term uh, out of the, I guess there's a program for, for victims of crime that he can, he's authorized to use funding for. So there are some monies available. Um, you should go to, if you're interested in what, what are the resources, go to the, the county uh, website and, and uh, look for Hopkins Fire. And there's a big long list of resources there uh, on in terms of people who can help ranging from Red Cross to, uh, you know, other community organizations who can assist you. And the county uh, applied for, uh, you know, status as, a, uh, you know, emergency, uh, both for health and, and just in general emergency following a disaster, uh, so that, that we can possibly tap funds, state and federal funds for cleanup and, and uh, also securing the area because it's quite steep in there and and uh it drains two directions into our water supply one into the the west fork of of the russian river and the other side into lake mendocino so it's really important that we clean things up so that when it does eventually start to rain and believe me it is going to rain let's be optimists here (laughs) everybody doing rain dances everybody doing rain dances yeah yes so we want to be sure that we don't end up with toxic substances into our water supply well, that actually happened yesterday. You guys pulled off a really quick and efficient uh, special board meeting yesterday. I actually streamed it. I was It was like less than 45 minutes long. You declared an uh, emergency. They did some zoning, or not zoning, but the planning department uh, put out a, I don't know what you call it. I guess it's a policy where um, people can bring in trailers. I think they did this at yes. the other fire, the last big fire out in that area. So they did that, got it together to apply for money like you said because of the runoff that's going to happen no matter what there's going to be runoff so um, i applaud the board of supervisors in the county for pulling that together and getting that under process so fast um the the organization that glenn referred to was the community foundation of mendocino that is the organization that is overarching that had funds and for the previous fire um in redwood valley and so they um they, I'm sure they still have that fund available if you want to go there. But as Glenn said, go to the county's website to do that. Um, anything else around the fire we want to get out just so people know? Oh, I do want to say this is the reason, I believe the reason the DA has money available for this type of a thing is because it was actually an arson. I hate to say that. It really pisses me off. It gets me angry, upset. Uh, but it was an arson, Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that just makes it all the more tragic, you know. So it just it's it's, it's hard for us to accept uh, that someone would be lighting fires given our conditions, but it's happening, and and uh, you know it, it's it's something that that goes on, and and uh, it unfortunately there's a history of these things occurring in Mendocino County. So if you see something, say something. I think it's really appropriate. It's very appropriate. And I will say also they caught the perg. They caught the arsonist. Uh, he's in jail. Um, yeah, that's that's I mean, that's 
it's good that that happened. It's still unfathomable to me that anybody would be starting fires in this county at this time with what's going on. But, I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the world that, to me, are unfathomable. <laughs> Sorry to say that, Glenn. But <laughs> well it's, said. It's, yeah, well said. It is. It's just, I, anyway, just don't get me started because I can rant, yeah. <laughs> as my listeners know. Um, so the reason I had wanted to, and I would pressure you to come on the air, is that you sit on the county's uh, drought task force. Uh, right. committee um, and you it's you and uh, John Haschek that you've been meeting mm-hmm. monthly uh, Josh um, oh geez I just spaced his Metz. name Metz Josh, yes. Josh Metz um, is the appointed person you guys are I mean it's it's one of these situations where we've all been dealing with drought slowly over the year but I mean it really hit this county hard this year and it hit yes. it hit the town of Mendocino harder than I think all the other areas, except for maybe Covalo, but town of Mendocino has a bigger population, transient population, you know, they've got all the commerce over there going on. Um, And you've been working, you guys have been really working hard to try to find a way to get water to Mendocino, the city, the town of Mendocino. And you're also looking ahead at what's going on with the drought continuing. And let's not let this happen again to us that we get caught off guard and with our pants down pretty much is what i'm going to say here right (laughs) yeah so so we we need to start thinking about our water systems differently here and town of mendocino is a good example so so here we have a water system based on 1870s technology which is hand dug wells and you know they they kind of worked and they worked better when people were on septic systems because there was recycling of water back into the wells but that was problematic because the wells are contaminated so they went to a central uh sewage treatment plant which was really a good thing but uh they also started to have more wells fail because there wasn't water recharging the water table so uh now we're at a phase where the, you know that system worked when we had enough rainfall every year to recharge the water table so we got into droughts cycles like we're in now and that's not occurring so we have to start planning multiple year water supplies uh and there's there's several ways you can go about it the surface water has been kind of our traditional western way where we we have reservoirs and things but we're also thinking of groundwater more and and uh trying to come up with ways to store more water in the ground and uh, so, so Mendocino and the coast are, are quite water insecure. So if you go south of Fort Bragg, uh, especially, there's a lot of dry wells. And that's why we went into this water hauling program. It's something that I don't think we can keep up for very long, but we can at least get through this year. And maybe by next year, we can have some other, uh, something else in place, like maybe a desalinization. Uh, who knows? Uh, but, you know, all these things cost. And it's one of the things we haven't done a very good job of in Mendocino County is investing in our water infrastructure. So a lot of communities are, are really kind of borderline. The, the one ex- two exceptions, I think, maybe three. Uh, I think the city of Ukiah is in very good shape because they've invested heavily into their water infrastructure in the last since the last drought. And under the leadership of Sean White, they've done a great job. And the city of Willits is getting there. They they have uh, constructed a couple of new groundwater resources and pipelines to connect them, but they, they don't quite have it all together yet, so they're still reliant on surface water supply. But uh, they're very close to having a, also a groundwater redundancy, which is great, because they sit on top of a, of a decent aquifer. 
and and then uh, the city of Point Arena seems to be okay as a private water company, but they seem to have adequate water. But from there, it it it's, it's kind of goes all over the place because there's not centralized water uh, distribution systems in most of rural uh, Mendocino County. Well, I do want to shout out to Fort Bragg because Fort Bragg actually has a pretty good system, and they've also they got purple pipe. Don't they have purple pipe too? Where they recycle? No. Oh, they don't. No, they don't. Ah, they don't. They, they. Yeah, and I bet Mendocino doesn't either. The town of Mendocino, because that was kind of prior to that happening. I, you know, I, I'm, I I'm trying to remember. I think that they may be able to recycle some of their water, like onto the the high school playing field. I think uh-huh, that they uh-huh. they might have that for a resource. But that's what what we have to start thinking about, which we don't want to think about, but we have to, is taking that uh, water and totally recycling and and make it uh, uh, usable again for for drinking. Uh, because coming out of their system, it's not very contaminated. It doesn't have a lot of chemicals in it. And that may be the wave of the future. So I, I always use the experimental winery at UC Davis as an example where they use water seven times, clean it up one last time, and then irrigate their vines with it. And the idea that we use water once and throw it away is, is you know, not acceptable going into the future. Well, and I think this, I, 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 there is no doubt in my mind that this is the wave of the future because um even in Anderson Valley that I've talked about, uh, they're in the process of working towards a water system and a sewer system. And a big part of that, one of the components is having uh, what you call purple pipe or recycled uh, sewage. And the treatment has gotten down to the point now, and we see it where th- this is this is a, not even, shouldn't even be thought about. It should just be an option. It should be required. Um, I think, yeah, we're going to have to start really looking at how we develop, where we develop, and then bring in the whole concept of can we support it with water? I mean, we all we know that we need to have more housing in the county. We need more infrastructure and all of that. But it's really time to start looking at for the future. I got to tell you, because you can't develop if you don't have water, right? Yeah, so so that's exactly right. And and you know we 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 don't really have a a water agency in Mendocino County uh, at the moment. Uh, that's something that we did have one until about. 2010, I think, is when they they dropped it, and it was it was focused on on watershed restoration, uh, kind of as their last initiative. But we kind of need to resurrect it and and bring it back into water development and water security, and at, at least certainly that's a policy issue that that I'm trying to address. I thought that was on the agenda and was pretty much kind of going to happen on the board, supervisor's well, agenda. Of, it, yeah, it is. So we're trying, what we're doing right now is we have Josh Metz on. He, he's actually a, a contractor from Regional Government Services, which is a JPA that, that helps uh, government, uh, you know, with different capacities, whether it's accounting or, or planning or whatever. And what we're doing right now is we're trying to figure out, okay, how should we structure this? Uh, how are we going to pay for it? That's always a big problem in Mendocino County is how are we going to pay for it? Because we're just, we're a poor county. You know, we just don't have a lot of money in cash flow. So we have to be a little bit more creative how we do things. Uh, but uh, we're, the goal is to set up a, a, an agency that can start tackling uh, infrastructure issues because almost everything is done by grants. So you have to have someone to write grants and then administer them and then also manage uh, resources. Right now, the county doesn't really own a lot of water resources, but in the future, they may. So, uh, you know, I... I you know, a project I think that would be very worthwhile is a a pipeline and that runs from Talmadge to Redwood Valley that allows us to transfer water uh, from when we have events like this because surface water becomes scarce 
but we still have pretty good groundwater. Uh, so so that, that's an example. And, and in the case of Fort Bragg, they probably need another reservoir because they, they don't have enough water storage. And the town of Mendocino needs to have a permanent water source that they could centrally distribute somehow, even if it's by truck. They, they still need to have their own water source because they right now they're shut out from all the neighboring communities where they normally get water. That's true. Um, let me just take a minute to reintroduce. Uh, I'm Karen Audubon. You're listening to TKO. And on the air today with me is Glenn McGordy, first district supervisor. And we're talking about water drought and what's going on in Mendocino County around the drought. And um, yeah, hopefully we're going to take some calls in a bit, uh, maybe about quarter till 20 till nine, uh, 10. We'll take some calls if you have questions and concerns. Um, Glenn, uh, this whole thing about the water agency, that's a great idea. Uh, I know the whole the big hurdle doing this is how do you get the money to do it? Unfortunately, it's something that it was, it's too bad it was lost ten years ago if we'd have been planning. But that doesn't seem to be our forte in Mendocino County. Um, storage a lot of, a lot is happening around storage. Um, there are a lot of rules and regulations, and I haven't really delved into them about tanks about mm-hmm. ponds i know we all i know in anderson valley everybody bitches about well they just put in another retention pond for the vineyards and all of that and i'm thinking wow that you know <laughs> at least they're thinking ahead and they've got water stored to do what they need to do for their own you know um self for their own properties um is there any chance that the county will be looking at uh, maybe l- lightening up, lessening the requirements to allow storage? Like, like I said, I have uh, I have property. I would love to put in a pond, but it scares the bejesus out of me to even think about going to planning and building, environmental health, whoever I have to go to, to put mm-hmm. in a pond because. You know, I don't have a lot of extra money, and I could you know dig a small pond for storage. It's and it you know, but. This is the kind of stuff that I think a lot of people might be willing able to do if they weren't so terrified of dealing with the powers that be. What do you think about uh, that? Well, it, it's the county's pretty easy to deal with actually, uh, because I I built a pond and they they're they're not too too difficult to to uh, do all your permitting through. It gets more complicated when you're dealing with the state water resources control board, and they they regulate. Uh, uh, the surface water storage and everything else and that, that it's more complicated and they're they're kind of the hard part what a lot of the vineyards have done in anderson valley which was pretty creative is that they've created essentially septic systems in reverse where they have uh, uh, perf pipe that that like you'd use in a septic system and when we're in a saturated flow situation in the ground following big rainstorms they pump out of the ground water and put it into their pond which doesn't involve the state water resources control board is considered groundwater so uh they're they're not diverting from any surface streams hmm. uh this the state water resources control board is, has gotten also a little bit better about working with with people so that we can do what's called forbearance which allows you to take water out when streams are at high flow which makes a lot of sense so uh, and in return, you you don't take water out when it's low flow, like this time of the year. So, the state's been working on that. Um, along with interestingly, the the Nature Conservancy has been trying to help people get forbearance regulations in uh, as well. So, the, the, these are some of the people who are involved in uh, in in helping store water. 
Okay, so I shouldn't be as, as as terrified as I think I am. Okay, that's good to know. Probably not, but it's well, you, you know, know it's, just, it's expensive, it's time consuming, and it just depends on where your source of water is that you're diverting. So if it's surface water, it gets to be more complicated because then you have to go through a state permit. Yeah, and what I just think of about is having these ponds where they fill up where it's raining or it fills up from a spring and then the overflow goes back into the same drainage that it was at, people getting tanks. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people have just been dealing with the situation where they have a well, it pumps directly to their house, and they've mm-hmm. never thought about having to have storage and all of that kind of stuff. So there's yeah, that, that's what we've that's got to think ahead. Yeah, yeah. The storage is pretty affordable with tanks, and and uh, you know most people are really conservative with water in Mendocino County. We're quite good at using the resources that we have. Even Mendocino, the town is, with the tourism industry and everything, is is surprisingly not going to take a lot of water to get them fixed up uh, for for this occasion. It's just that trucking it gets very expensive. But uh, you know, if if you if you're a normal home in in uh, Mendocino County, you probably would with 10,000 gallons of stored water could squeak by uh, if you filled that when your wells are robust in the winter and then use it sparingly through the summer, that would probably get you through. Oh, and, yeah. and, and that, that's, that's pretty affordable. You can do that for about $10,000 or so with a pressure pump and the two tanks. Uh, it's, it's something that would make uh, people much more water secure. Well, and now that, and, and I will t- say again that I said on my last show, you know, I think the town of Mendocino has had different opportunities where they've talked about getting uh, storage off the highway to the east in the east where there is water mm-hmm. and doing that, and it just never panned out. So I hope whatever town organization they've got going is, is really looking towards that. And I, and, and this is in one position where normally I don't say the county as a government agency should step up the pressure but you guys have just backfilled their water you've put like a million and a half dollars towards getting water to the coast if i'm not correct i think i'm correct Correct. on that okay Mm -hmm. so you know we as the citizens of the county are helping the town of mendocino the village of mendocino now so at any time i this is one situation where it's i think it's appropriate and even valid for the county to up the pressure on these areas to get their act together in the next several years and i know it's going to take a while because these things don't happen but they got to start addressing it now so that's my little rant sorry mendocino but there you go um so i did bring up the subject of trucking water i know that was Mm -hmm. a big issue two weeks ago when i was on the air it had just started you had just started getting contracts to to ship water to truck water from um Ukiah, thank you, the city of Ukiah, for getting the water together to go to the coast. Um, and the supervisors stepped up to help fund the long haul on that. I know mm-hmm. that's happening. I've seen, I haven't been into town, I've been hiding on the ranch, but I did see water trucks going through. I've heard there's been water trucks going through. So give us a quick update. How is that going? Well, it's going pretty well. Our, our incident commander for this disaster is Howard Dashiel, and, and Howard heads up the Department of Transportation, and he's he's a good old boy. You know, he's kind of born and raised here and, and uh, you know, very very folksy, but also very practical and gets stuff done. And, and uh, working with Janelle Rao from uh, General Services, they put together uh, contracts for people to haul water. And, uh, you know, they're, they're building capacity, so I... 
uh, you know, people can get water. Uh, so the way that the county is structuring this financially is that we've agreed to underwrite it to get it going, but we're applying for disaster uh, relief grants so that we can be reimbursed for our expense. And all we're doing is we're, we're paying for trucking it from uh, Ukiah to, to Fort Bragg. And from there, it just goes through the normal distribution channels of, of private water haulers. Uh, so the water is, is treated, is put in, in water tankers, which are also certified potable water tankers. They bring it to Fort Bragg and they actually dump it into the intake pond at the Fort Bragg water treatment plant. It gets treated again. And then it goes uh, to a big tank on Simpson Lane where where it, or, or Highway 20, I'm sorry. And uh, there it's distributed by the, the normal uh, vendors who, who move water around uh, the coast. And, and right now the numbers that I'm getting is that they're about 70% is going to residences and 30% are going to commercial use. We do have different rates that people are being charged. Uh, the commercial folks have to pay more, but we still think it's worth subsidizing them a bit because uh, we, we collect a lot of transit occupancy tax, which helps us substantially and if those businesses were to close because they didn't have water it'd be disastrous for the economy on the coast we're just coming off of covid we're just recovering we've got a really nice market going on right now uh, for visitors to mendocino because people aren't internationally traveling but they want to get away so i guess we're the closest thing to a foreign land to uh, the bay area <laughs> so uh, uh we we have pretty good occupancy so we want to keep that going so that people keep their jobs and uh so that that's why we're doing what we're doing uh, yes and, and we pro pro probably will pay for some of that with transit occupancy tax money oh. so uh you know we're, we're trying to recycle uh, uh, county funds as much as we can to pay for it so it doesn't turn into a individual uh, tax burden for, for everybody. Yeah, and I just do, I want to do a double shout out to Howard DeShield because he is awesome. I've had him on the air just recently, uh, but he really stepped up to the plate to get the trucks in line because another thing I know that the county and Howard has come up against is state regulations. I know it sounds ridiculous, folks, that you buy, that you get potable water from Ukiah, then you take it to Fort Bragg, you put it in their system and it gets re, it gets re, um, treated. I know that sounds ridiculous. Everybody says that sounds ridiculous, but that's a state requirement, correct? If I'm not, we I have to so. we ha we have we have to deliver absolutely 100% certified clean water to right. to people if they're going to be drinking it, and uh, you know that that's pretty much the condition that meant the town of Ukiah put on it too. They they said we're not shipping untreated water to Fort Bragg, even though it's going into their their pre-treatment plant. Uh, we we want to be good and sure that whatever ends up being delivered to people is absolutely safe but and, wasn't that also and, a state requirement too if i remember yeah that, i think that it, state it, you guys what i'm trying to say here is is the board of supervisors and howard and everybody we've been banging up against a lot of state requirements on some of this yes, stuff that's yes, what that's that's the that's the bottom line here yeah the, the state water resources control board division of drinking water is who we're working with on this and uh there's uh, two issues one of them is the, the the cleanliness of the water it's got to be biologically safe and the second thing is the idea of transferring water out of one basin into another also kind of requires permission so we had to do all that on an emergency basis and and yeah it, it took us about six weeks from start to actually getting water to 
the town of Fort Bragg. Uh, it, it was a, a pretty long process that that Howard and Josh Matz and, and uh, Janelle were involved with to make this work, not to mention Sean White and, and uh, the uh, Sage San Giacomo and John Smith. And um, uh, the name of the city manager of Fort Bragg is escaping me, but it, oh, we also yeah. had to... We had to create mutual aid agreements uh, with county council between the county, the city of Ukiah, the city of Fort Bragg. So, yeah, it was a really amazingly complex process, a lot of moving parts. And we tried to move at lightning speed, which isn't easy, but we did it. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, with all the bureaucracy, six weeks seems a, it seems like a good time frame because I've seen other things stall for years. Um, is there any indication that the state might be lightening up or re reexamining some of these requirements because of the drought and the issues that all of California is having? Are we? Is there a discussion at the state level at all about this? Did you hear there that? Is. Or so, so heard? because yeah, because it is a. a a disaster there's a lot of emergency uh, uh protocols that are being kind of put in place and some things are being relaxed some standards uh and just as we did with our our ordinance to allow tanks to be put in uh in the town of mendocino so we also passed an ordinance that allowed people to put tanks pretty much wherever they needed them to receive water uh normally there there would be the uh a, a couple of reviews uh, the the Coastal uh, Commission and also uh, County of Mendocino and, and the Historic Review Board, they all have something to say about this, but we, we wanted to fast track this so that if people needed a place to store water, uh, that, that they had it and they could put a tank in place. And, and that's something that the, the county also put through a fast track on an emergency ordinance. So on these emergency ordinances, can, is that something that could go into place permanently if we need it? Can it go from emergency to a, a solid, a everyday, a standard policy? They could. They, they could. And, okay. and you know, a, a, an example is the, the travel trailer ordinance that we're yes. allowing now for people who got burned out yes. in the Hopkins fire. You know, we could set it up so that it was permanent, uh, that if, if you get burned out and you're allowed to have a travel trailer on your place for up to three years while you reconstruct. So that's something that, that could be done. Um, that's an example, and I don't know what others. So, you know, we don't, we still want communities to kind of make decisions on some of these things. So if the town of Mendocino really wants water tanks to be situated in a certain way, um, when they draw emergencies over, uh, we, we still want neighborhoods to have some say about how things get done. We don't want to overreach here and, and force people to take things they don't want. Okay. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, that on your last drought meeting, the task force meeting, you talked about the the state has uh, created a lot of money and funding. There's going to be funding and grants available mm -hmm. for water projects. And mm -hmm. so the discussion had been the last couple of months I've been following it is that you didn't necessarily need to have a shovel ready project. You needed to have the concept of a project to get it in the pipeline to get so we can get some of this funding from the state to do some of these projects. Um, at the last meeting, I you mentioned that there's 37 projects coming out of Mendocino County. Uh, can, right. you, can you talk about because what I'm going here for is the future. 
I know we're, we got our pants down now. We're dealing with it. You know, people are making it through, but that doesn't mean that we're going to get enough water to refill our reservoirs and all that stuff, the snowpack. So looking to the future and looking at getting some of these projects going, can you talk about some of the projects and where we're at with maybe getting some of that funding and getting some of these projects going? So we have about 36 projects that, that have been outlined and they, they, they vary from, uh, things as as kind of sizable uh like changing the boundaries of the russian river flood control district to include redwood valley so they have a more permanent uh source of water because right now they get surplus water well guess what they don't have surplus water every year and it's it's more or less an administrative thing it's not really an opportunity for for somehow to to uh you know share water uh it, it, Redwood Valley has had opportunities in the past to join the Russian River Flood Control District and chose not to. I don't know why, but um, I guess back in the olden days, it didn't seem as necessary. So that, that's an example. There's another one to gather a fund for water tanks so that people could could get uh, water tanks if they're they're poor and a water system so that they, they can do like we talked about where you store water for, uh, you know, in the winter when your well's working good and then and then use it in the summer. So that's another example. Um, gosh, I don't have the list in front of me, but there, there's uh, other projects that involve um, retreating or improving the, the wastewater tre- treatment plant in the town of Mendocino. So these are some of the examples, and their price tags range from you know $300,000 there's some that are much smaller than that. Some are fifty or sixty thousand that are, are are fairly simple things like securing uh, uh, some of the water treatment uh, wells and tanks for for some of the uh, the local rancherias to really big ticket items like developing a water system for for the town of Mendocino, which would be like three or four million dollars. So there there's a range of things and and it's just sort of wish lists that were out there that uh, now we're we're kind of looking at. Seeing if we can fund, and and with the drought going on, there'll be kind of uh, medium and long-term projects that some of them have to be shovel-ready, some need to be designed. So that's why we need a water agency so that we can centrally kind of assist people. And I think that's kind of the plan is that we don't want to take over any of the existing water companies, but we want to make sure, at least initially, that they've got some capacity to 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 write grants, get grants, and administer them and, and have some assistance possibly in construction management. So that's kind of the direction I think Mendocino County is going. Well, and, and also, if you have a water agency that represents the whole county, it probably gives you more uh, caveat at the state table when you go asking for money. Let me just say that. You got it. It's Absolutely. Not, yeah. yeah. So, so if somebody out in the community has just heard this for the first time, has a small project, wants to know what's going on, maybe has some ideas around it, how, how do we get access to your drought task force? Is that, do you call the... You wouldn't call the hotline, I wouldn't imagine. Do you know how we? You, you do would that? call the hotline. Oh, okay. The hotline, at, at, and and Howard Dashiell usually responds to those calls, so uh, oh, you know that's okay. a right. a good reason to call just to talk to Howard. But uh, <laughs> you can leave a, a message on the hotline. I've got the number. I got it right here. I wrote it All down. Right, good I got it. I'm prepared. <laughs> uh, okay, the hotline for the water drought issues planning ahead is two three four. Three six. Whoop, whoop, 
234-6363. I dyslexed that. 234-6363. And if you want to talk about that, you can also, if you have a dry well and stuff or need to talk about that, you can do that. And the other thing, the, the state has been um, been gathering information on dry wells and stuff to kind of get an idea of what's going on. So if... if um, if you wanted to get and register with that, it's called mydrywatersupply.water.ca.gov. You can go there. And the, uh, also, is the drought at uh, mendocinocounty.org still open? Do you know? As far as I know, yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. the other thing is, is if you want to email, it's called drought at mendocinocounty.org. That's another way you can um, register what's going on with that. Because I think... You know, normally I'm not somebody to, you know, call and register what's going on on my property, but I got to tell you that when you've got one drainage, you've got one source of water, or you're all in a small community where where you're all sucking out of the same, you know, pool, I'm afraid it's about time we all kind of start registering what's going on so we do know what's going on in these watersheds and stuff. So, Well, tell me, tell me about your situation, Karen. What, what is happening on your property? <laughs> well, <laughs> I have my, my springs are dropping like, you know, f- a foot or two down. I'm digging deeper. I'm, you know, I've got a couple springs that are still putting out. A couple of them are dried up. So, yeah, you know, luckily it's all within my own property. I have a tank so I can haul from one area to the other. But, yeah, it's it's requiring a lot of work, a lot of time. And, you know, I've cut back to almost nothing. You know, the outhouse comes in handy nowadays. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but, you know, I when I developed the property, it was an outhouse. So, yeah. Um, no, I've cut back a lot. I didn't do a garden this year. No vegetables. I buy, go to the farmer's market. So, you know, I we all do what we need to do. But I'm a back-to-lander in Mendocino County. So, it's not, you know, yeah, I'm kind of... It, it's not it's not any fun but you know you do what you have to do so that's kind of it right. i mean um you know one of the other issues i did want to take some call but i really got to ask you this glenn uh one of the other issues that's come up is i know there's been all this talk about getting rid of dams i mean they've been talking about getting rid of the uh, dam up on the eel river and they're talking about you right. know all of this and the klamath river and all of this and i know it's a great idea for fish but doggone it there goes all our storage yeah I mean, I am really torn. I mean, I'm not really torn at this point because it's like, yeah, we need the storage. And if we don't have the storage to even put the water into the creeks or the rivers, there's not going to be salmon anyway. Is that right? Well, you know, this is the big dilemma. uh, And and we, boy, the path forward seems really, really difficult for us to secure uh, a permanent water source out of the Ill River, which we've used for years and years. And now with PG&E, uh, stepping away from their license now we we're trying to pursue that but just the the entry level to get into that is about 20 million dollars in studies uh the two basin solution that has been suggested by jared hoffman uh suggests that we take down the dam and there's a lot of issues with that. That's not a... oh your 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 vocal went off oh can you hear me yeah there we go it was just uh, a little internet glitch yeah. So, so uh, there, there's all these issues. If you want to take down the dam, to decommission a dam of that size, then what do you do with all the silts? You have to have a really huge management plan for it, and it's got to be done over years. So, it's quite expensive just to get the studies up. And uh, you know, it, I'm I'm not saying fish don't count; they absolutely do. Uh, all of our species on the planet count, and they really are a canary in the gold mine for us. Uh, but we 
we also have built all this infrastructure around the idea that we can take water from the Eel River and store it behind Lake Mendocino and then use it for uh, communities south of here as well as ourselves. So this is this is a really big issue uh, in terms of Mendocino County water supply. Well, I sure hope it goes on the table about these droughts and where do we have storage. Um, speaking of storage in uh, Mendocino, what about Lake Mendocino? Uh, anything going on with up in the dam? I know I've said on this show, and I want to just say it again because people tune in at different times, different days. The reason they're not digging out Lake Mendocino and making it deeper is because of all the crap over the years that's toxic that has washed into the lake. Okay? So they are, they would have to, it would all be considered toxic uh, material toxic and they'd have to haul it who the heck knows where to the desert or somewhere to get rid of it so that is why i've heard for years and been told for years they do not go deeper into lake mendocino so the other option is raise the dam is that been bumped up in the bureaucracy mess i hope Good. Yes. So uh, it, it's it's alive again. You know, it, it's it's hard to believe, but um, Janet Pauly and and a lot of other people who Janet's kind of our our inland water source guru. Uh, it's it's almost been twenty years since she started bringing up the topic, and uh, you know, it was always in the plans and, uh, when they built Lake Mendocino that they would increase the capacity. So uh, they they have everything kind of pre-engineered. And uh, the Army Corps of Engineers is uh, uh, is back on their radar. It disappeared for a little bit, but uh, it's it's not out of the question yet. But that that would only work if we continue to have water from the Eel River to store. So there's not enough watershed really behind the dam. Uh, if if we just had Cold Creek and and uh, the East Fork of the Russian River to fill it, uh, if if we don't have additional water supply. Wow, I mean, it just seems like everything's connected which it always has it been but as we get to these dire straits it just it's more the no there's more you notice the more connectivity of everything that's it. just let me just say that all right it's uh we got about 10 minutes a little over 10 minutes left if somebody have a burning question uh for glenn mcgordy first district supervisor you can call in at 895-2448 we're talking about drought what's going on and those kind of issues um the other thing that came up that all that seemed like a really good idea to me but i know it's going to take a lot of infrastructure is a pipe along the railroad track uh the skunk train from willets to fort bragg is that mm-hmm. still on the table in discussion because i know there is a huge aquifer under the valley in uh, in willets is is that still a concept I, I don't think so. I think uh. I think the people of, of Little Lake Valley are, are kind of protective of their water resource and sort of concerned about it. And even connecting it up to to supply the city, there's concerns for people who are kind of on the margins of the aquifer where they're worried about wells going dry because, uh, you know, it, it's sort of the it, the way that aquifers are set up is, is, of course, they're not uniform. So as you start to go up the, the sides of the of the the hills off the valley there's uh, quite a few wells that are, are relatively shallow that people who have them are really worried about their water going bye-bye and and they're already concerned because there's a lot of pumping for for cannabis which traditionally wasn't done so uh you know these are all things that are con- concerning so i i don't think there's much chance that there'd ever be a pipeline like that that would go from willits to fort bragg and and me 
it would be more cost effective for Fort Bragg to build more storage because the Noyo River actually is is a pretty good watershed. The question is, you have to capture water when it's going through it uh, in fairly high volumes, and that's way cheaper than building a pipeline and less environmentally damaging probably as well. And I think I just saw a report where the Noyo basically has stopped flowing. It's like the driest. Yeah, it's, it's the driest it's ever been. It's pretty scary. So you know they're they're trying to get a desalinization plant set up there, and their their plan, of course, is not to do it directly out of the ocean, but more upland in the Noyo where it's in the brackish water zone, uh, so they don't have such a big salt load. So I think that that's what they're they're planning to do. Huh. Any other big projects on the table that are going to give us a break here and kind of, I know, I don't know what's going on in Covalo. I just know that people have been really complaining on, on, on Facebook and stuff about a lot of water going into the hills for cannabis. Um, yeah. I, and how we, you know, one of the things that came up at your, at the meeting, I can't remember if it was the supervisor meeting or at the drought meeting was that a lot of this water that's being hauled, um, there's no, there's no, um, paper trail. We don't know where it's going. We don't know if it's going for residential. We don't know if it's going for cannabis. We don't know if it's going for where it's going. And there was some discussion of actually requiring these trucks to do a log like logging trucks do. Is that yeah, so something going to happen maybe? So so that's something that, that's under discussion right now. Uh, they're under their, the drought ad hoc committee uh, with John Hasjack. John is very concerned, of course, in Covalo about water hauling. So we're trying to bring some of that uh, into a little bit of regulation. For one thing, we're not going to allow water hauling at night. Uh, and we also really don't want water hauling for illegal cannabis. So those are two things that we'd like to see a ban on. Um, of course, enforcement is going to be difficult on those things, because if you think about it, again, big county, not too many highway patrol, not too many sheriff's deputies that can patrol all of this. So uh, it's it's something that we're we're still kind of working on. We don't really have a draft. We have a draft ordinance, but we haven't brought it to the board yet for discussion. Is that going to be coming up pretty soon? Because I mean, the way this is going to happen for first, you have to have the you shall not, and then the enforcement mm -hmm. is going to be. I live on a ranch. I live on a rural ranch road, seven miles long, which longer than that. But if I see trucks going past me every day, I'm sure going to call somebody and say, "Hey, this isn't right." So, yeah. I mean, that's, but if you don't have the ordinance saying you shall not, how you can't even talk about enforcement, right? So, so that's what's happening. A lot of trucks moving around, period, because there's so much need for water right now, whether it's for, for, for livestock or for, for people or right. for construction. Those are all legitimate uses. But uh, the cannabis part is, is a tough one that uh, people have a lot of trouble with if they happen to be near a grow that uh, is dependent on water. And actually, some of that's legal. It's not all illegal stuff either. So under the uh, 10A17 ordinance, it did allow for, for, uh, for water to be hauled for cannabis. So that's uh, something that needs to be pointed out. All right. So, some I don't know what we said, but somebody triggered a got phone calls coming in. Okay, here we go. We're going to get our first. Oops, enter my thing in. Get our first caller. Good morning, caller. You're on the on the line with Glenn McGordy. Uh, good morning. I I was wondering if uh, Supervisor McGordy could explain a little about um, the two basin solution and how that might affect Potter Valley. All right. Can and. Uh, I'll take my answer on the air. Thank hey, you. Thank you so much. All right, Glenn, there you go. Sure. So the two-basin solution was uh, kind of conceptualized by 
Jared Huffman and his uh, partnership of Sonoma County Water, uh, the Mendocino Inland Water Power Commission, and uh, Humboldt County, uh, Caltrout, and the uh, uh, Covalo tribes. And the idea behind it is that Scott Dam would be taken down and we would only divert water at high flows, which is how originally the, the power plant was built. And it assumes that there are high flows because that's one of the, the big issues. This last two years, had we taken down the dam and followed this plan, uh, there wouldn't have been enough flow to divert water. So the, the cutoff would be 1,000 cubic feet per second, which normally for the Old River, that, that occurs most winters, but in drought, it didn't occur. So the, then what would happen is the water would be stored probably in Lake Mendocino, and then for Potter Valley to use it, we would have to pump the water backwards uh, because there would, unless they develop some kind of storage in Potter Valley. So, the, so there's a lot of infrastructure that would have to be built for this, and uh, there's also the dam coming down. And then there's the whole issue of uh, would there be enough flow to divert water every year. So in, when, when we have a, a good winter, uh, it's not unusual for the Eel River to flow around 10,000 cubic feet per second. And so it'd be no biggie. We'd be able to divert a lot of water. But um, in other winters, like the last two, it would be disastrous because there wouldn't be any water at all. And didn't I just see a picture on the web where the Eel River in spots is like totally dry too? I swear. Yes. I, just, I mean, it's just, all right. All right, well, we got the phones ringing. So, Glenn, we're going to take another call here. All right. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yeah, hi. Thank you. Uh, hey, Glenn. Uh, thank you for uh, voting to rescind the expansion of cannabis cultivation. And I was wondering if you could explain why you actually voted for it uh, during a global pandemic of respiratory uh, disease and uh, mega drought. I'll All right. We're gonna, it's not quite the topic, but I'll Glenn, uh, give, it, give it a quick one there, Glenn. My vision for, for the cannabis industry and, and uh, a lot of people in Mendocino counties is really different. And I just felt like it's we need to, to rethink this. So that's why I took the decision that I did to rescind the ordinance, because I don't want us fighting forever over this. It doesn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's now it's time for the community to... Uh, make it really clear to us what exactly they want and and i'm listening that's that's kind of where what my position is is it even is there is it even scheduled to be on the i haven't seen it i I know you guys the board of supervisors their agenda is just packed for the next months Mm -hmm. i don't even see where it's coming back you're gonna have to do a special meeting or are you just gonna put it off till the winter we, we don't have uh, any plan just yet, but okay. uh, we're working on it it's behind the scenes, so I, I don't know what's going to occur next. It, it's, um, it's, I, th- I think we're kind of retrenching and trying to understand what our options are with legal counsel kind of guiding us. So okay. uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll be coming back, but I'm not sure when. Uh, it hasn't been on our agenda forecast yet. All right. There you go. All right. We're going to try to get another caller in. Whoops. Whoops. That's bad. Uh, let me see here. Caller, are you on the air? Yes, you are on the air. Your question. Uh, Turn off my. Oh, God. You got to turn off your radio. Yeah, that makes it really bad. I did. Thank you. Thank you. It's been hard to get through. Um, This is Naomi Wagner. I'm up in near Willits. Um, I've been experiencing a major case of, I guess it's called cognitive dissonance in listening to to Supervisor McGordy. You sound very reasonable and knowledgeable and well informed and convincing in everything that you say, but I keep thinking, 
about the fact that you voted in a time of water emergency and drought and severe climate change effects, that you um, voted for that horrible cannabis ordinance and forced voters to collect signatures and go to all the trouble of doing a whole referendum before you listened. And when you say, you know, we want to hear what the voters want, but the voters are telling you really loud and clear what they want, and you had to um, go to such lengths before you listened, it's, it's really taken my, um, any confidence that I had in the supervisors has really, really dropped from that. So, Naomi, what's the, is there a question or just comments? I'd like you. I'd like the um, supervisor to um, help me with that cognizant, cognitive dissonance. How can you do both those things at the same time sincerely? All right. Thank you so much. And and I tell me, I'd like to say one other thing that oh, the sure. county really wants that we yeah. voted on yeah. is the enforcement of Measure V. So thank oh, you yeah, for listening. And I hope you'll take action. Thank you. Yeah, Measure V just kind of got put away and i mean i understand i know i did supervisors refuse to enforce it well i know and i know it's going to take an mr it's going to take a lawsuit against mrc and i just know that's money and oh my god it's just terrible all right so i guess you want to make a comment on that glenn do real quick comments so if you if you look at the new ordinance there's a lot of things that that i uh uh or that I think people would like to revisit and bring back into 10A17 if they can. So that was things like, uh, oh, am I good? Okay, because yeah. my picture stores. I'm just going to shut my video off here. That's okay. Um, so so the, some of the things that I, I put in there uh, or advocated for was no water trucks, no generators, no plastic hoop houses. Um, uh, so, and, and, uh, into more of a sun-grown kind of industry that would be out in the open on agricultural land where there's water resources and trying to reduce uh, grows in the most sensitive parts of our watersheds, uh, things that are CEQA compliant. I think those are all really good points that were useful. What people didn't like was the expansion. Yeah, that ten. it was you that know, 10% I, thing that really blew it out. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so I, and, and I'm thinking from the point of view of someone who's in agriculture is that most industries tend to expand and they get more efficient and uh, more mechanized. And I, and I always thought there was two industries, that there was one that was more uh, industrial processing, which would hire people and build our financial capacity versus the handcrafted industry. It's very analogous to the wine industry, very similar, where we have small producers yeah. and, and big producers. And All I, right. I was... So that's what we wanted because that's what I was hearing. Well, it's still on the table, folks. You've got a lot of input to happen. I'm coming up at the top of the hour, Glenn. I want to thank you for coming on and keeping up the good work and keeping us informed about the drought. Keep doing it. we got to look ahead because this is not the end of droughts happening in Mendocino County. Thanks so much, Glenn McGordy, First District Supervisor, and I'll be talking to you soon. All right. Okay, Okay, folks, thank you so much, and thanks for calling in and hanging with me. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.